Paupers and urchins, dress yourself in your finest rags, hobble cheerfully along on your crutch, and ask not whence came the gruel, be thankful that gruel ye have. Thank you, Jesus, for talk talk to me. <laughs> Go get a job. Welcome back. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Told to Me. A half-numb meander through the Dickensian alleyways of Prague Rock in which Bag-O-Mystery McGill and Smothering the Parrot Said will stare longingly through a steamy shop window at every single track that bricky rock band Jethro Tull ever produced. We will douse the Don Perry pudding in brandy, grab a good gulp of the Giddings grog, and send Jonathan Noyce down the street to see if they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging in the window at the poultiers at the corner. Not the little prize, the big one! Oh, what an intelligent boy! A remarkable boy! Go and buy it! No, I am in earnest. Here is a shilling as fast as you may! All in the hopes that the spirits of Ian Anderson past, present, and future will stop visiting us in our bedrooms, please, for the love of all that is holy. Did you say something about drowning a parrot? Smothering a parrot. Smothering um, yes, a I par- looked up some some Victorian slang. Ah. And bags of mystery means, means sausages. <laughs> and I cannot, I cannot think of a better more apt slang than that. No, it's very descriptive. And smothering the parrot is a slang term for drinking absinthe neat. Oh. Yeah, not recommended. Did you did you look up why that, like what that's a reference to? Yeah, it's green. And like a green parrot? Yep, parrot's green. Yeah, a lot of parrots are green. What's the smothering part though? Well, you toss it back. Oh, no, I I got it here because most people would be wearing a hat with feathers. So to smother the parrot is to toss it back. You're dumping it on the parrot, you know, on the over the feathers. Oh, interesting. That's funny. That Hmm. is wonderful. Wow. So Nick. Yeah. A happy Festivus to you. How are you? Wonderful solstice unto ye, my sweet son. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. I am. I'm excited about uh, about all the festivities. I'm going to wear the vest that I wear once a year. The vestivities. Yes, <laughs> it's a double sided vest that my mother made me, which both sides of which are perfectly appropriate for the Christmas. Both sides of which are identical. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell which is which. <laughs> That's that's lovely. And it's just the vest, right? You like you don't wear anything Nothing else. else. Yeah, yeah. No. Baby no. Christmas tradition. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Before we jump into today's holiday song, yeah. Anything to discuss? We do. I I've got Marley waiting in the wing. If he, he's got a little paperwork for him. Marley, if you don't mind. Marley. 
Oh, here you are. It's your papers, Master Nick. Thank you, Marley. And here's a little something from me to you to celebrate the holiday. Marley, this is... Go on. I... Go on, unwrap it. I don't like the shape of this. Let me just... Yep. Yep. Ah, you said you always wanted another cat. Marley, I... I killed the neighbor's cat. I know, this cat has a collar on it and everything. I can't... This is... I mean, I'm not... It's the thought that counts, I understand, but you need to go... You need to go bury this cat immediately. This is this is not what people want. We cannot be caught with this cat. <laughs> I have a lot of evidence to hide this holiday season. <laughs> go bury all of the cats. Not in our yard, please. Off I go! Ho, ho, ho! He's not a well man. No, no. He's supposed to be on vacation. I don't know why he's still here. I insisted he take one. <laughs> Well, before we get into the, the the episode, we do have two little tidbits, thanks to Marley for delivering that. The first of which has to do with the episode that dropped just today in in real time, Orion. Oh, yes. I was trying to figure out what you meant by real time. Real time. It took me for a loop. Yes. Presently. Orion. Yeah. J- we've got we've got a couple of, of things that we will cover in and they talk tall with me. But right sure. now, I wanted to share this in the main feed, kind of as a little teaser for those of you who may have been on the fence for getting into Patreon. This was okay. shared in the Discord, and it's high, crazy quality content like this that you get in the Discord. So in Orion, we talked about how it was a shortened version of yes. that song. They originally recorded a little bit longer of a version and, and chopped it all down. Right, right. J-Man shared the YouTube video. Joe, I should call him jo- Joe. Joe shared the YouTube video for the full cut of this extended song. It's oh. nine minutes long. Oh. And it's really good. Yeah. I threw the uh, the link in the show notes if you want to watch that. It's just a link right to the YouTube video. By golly, is it good. I'm so excited to see what the other six minutes of that song hold for us. It's really nice. It's really nice. It's nothing lyrically. They do not explain the mysterious last verse, unfortunately. But musically, it's gosh darn good. It's super proggy. It's very good. And and that is the kind of thing that you will have everyday access to. There. This is this is uh, just a, a taste. I mean, there are other revelations that we're not sharing with you today that come out of the Discord chat and uh but this is this is a good example of the kind of fun thing that you have access to when you sign up for our patreon absolutely there is there's daily conversation media recommendations podcast talk jethro tell no longer will you get to the end of our podcast and say in your pleading urchin voice please sir may i have some more may i have some more talk told to me all you got to do is Jump onto the Discord. That's right. Yeah. The streets are paved with tall. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. The second item on the docket, we have ourselves. Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky. 
Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. We have ourselves a five-star review. How does this keep happening? It, it's been a while. It's been a little bit of a dry spell, but thank you for this. And on top of that, included in this is a... A jumpstart. This is KW underscore 77 via Apple Podcasts, United States of America. Oh. The title is Fun and Highly Informative. Oh. Five stars to quote, I'm happy to hear people younger than I who are into Tull because even as a guy in his 40s, I feel like a young Tull fan. Oh. More people need to hear their music and this podcast is a great way to get into it. These guys have a great rapport and take a light-hearted approach toward the music. Even with the joking, they know the music and band history well, so this is a great blend of facts and fun. I'm a bit late diving into Jethro Tull, but I'm loving going through the back catalog along with the podcast. I first heard Tull as a kid, either via my dad's albums or on the radio. First mm. song was probably Aqualung, Bungle in the Jungle, or Thick as a Brick back in the 80s. I got back into Tull recently due to listening to podcasts on other bands like King Crimson, Black Sabbath, and Frank Zappa, and kept hearing comments about Tull. I'm loving it. Thank you, KW. That's delightful. And, you know, what a perceptive way of describing what we do. A lighthearted but somewhat knowledgeable approach. Could you imagine, Nick, if we had a heavy-hearted approach to this podcast? <laughs> I mean, sometimes we get a little morose and sappy, you know, depending on the song. Home, we sure. get certainly weepy. But it's, but yeah, all, all, all told, I think we always end on a high note. And, and there yeah. are jokes in between because we're uncomfortable with our feelings. So we have to make jokes. <laughs> we learned early on <laughs> to hide anything that smacked of seriousness. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for the review and for the five stars. Absolutely. Thank you, KW. Greatly appreciated. Glad you're a listener. Glad you wrote in. And speaking of smacking morose, let's get into the song of the day, shall we? Let us indeed. And Nick, what is that song? This song, well, just a, just a little caveat. I know on some editions, this came out as like a broadsword bonus track. Yes, I'm doing it here on the Christmas album. Put away yeah. your emails. It's on the Christmas album. <laughs> Put that email back in your Put it pocket, away. sir. Reholster that email. We are talking Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. Caw, caw, peck, peck. Let's have a listen. Shiver, shiver. <laughs> shiver, shiver. <laughs> Uh, Nick McGill. Omen, how do you feel about Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow? I like it. I like it a lot. You know, Nick, we were we were kind of talking in the intro about Dickensian world, and we mentioned last week this, this uh, festival that we both did, the Street Festival yep. at Dickens Street yep. Fair. Last time I participated in that, I was exposed to some very low temperatures, and also <laughs> a song that I had never heard before called In the Bleak Midwinter. Oh, I they we did not sing that when I was there. It was new to me as well, but it apparently is a a real 
19th century, turn of the century, Victorian Christmas song. Huh. And uh, I highly encourage you to, to have a listen. So, first of all, gorgeous, gorgeous song, lovely, lovely harmonies, an extremely dark outlook. On, <laughs> Very depressing. <laughs> on Christmas, yes. That's what this song reminds me of, and I love that stuff. I, I don't like my drinks too sweet. I don't like my cookies too sweet. I don't like my cakes too sweet. And I don't like my Christmas songs too saccharine, Nick, as you know. That I do. I mean, that's... It kind of it's it's such a nice balance, you know. It's the 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 savory with the sweet. Every there's so much about Christmas. The bitter with the with the sweet as well. Yeah, it's it's so much of Christmas is bright. It's flowy. It's it's there's there's it's very easy to get blinders on, you right. know. But but when you look past the cotton candy or the, the candy floss, or the, the, the candy canes, if you will. Once your optometrist surgically removes the cotton candy from your eye... Don't tell him how it actually happened. <laughs> he's, he's... Once you get past that, though, there's... there's And I think this is a very Ian way to look at Christmas, mm. a realistic way, and, and seeing things the way they are really makes you appreciate it more. As yes. opposed to like everybody is happy and everybody gets presents and like no right. like, there there is there is a lot more going on. Well, you know, and there's the whole there's the whole culture, the whole discourse surrounding the war on Christmas that we have in our country and possibly in other countries as well. Yeah. But you know, which is nonsense. But there's all this uh around this time of year, people often say, Oh, well, remember the reason for the season. You know, you have to remember put the Christ back in Christmas. Yeah. I'm frankly all for that. But I think what is really worth remembering is the context in the Bible into which the Savior in Christian faith arrived. It wasn't just, oh my gosh, here's this wonderful baby who's going to do all these amazing things. It was, the world is in very, very <laughs> rough shape. Yes. The king is killing all the babies. Things are not good. He's literally called the savior. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. so into that very, very bleak context, this symbol of hope comes. And I think that's what's exciting about it and what is you know, potentially what we could stand to remember. And that's why I like In the Bleak Midwinter, because it's saying everything's bad. Everything's very cold. It describes the cold in this incredible detail. And then it says, what can I possibly give to the to the Christ child? If I was a shepherd, I would give him a sheep. If I was a wise man, I would give him gifts. But I have nothing. Yeah. So what can I give him but my heart? Right. And it's a lovely sentiment. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of like... Um... Sentiment. <sighs> What did you say? Sentiment. 
Oh, Sentiment. Boy, you're you're having a hard time. It's a little bit like um, is little drummer boy. Yeah. Basically, I have I have no gifts for him, so I'll I'll give him what I can, and it's a bitchin' drum solo. It's it's like the little dr- little drummer boy, but with a better tune. Right. Yo, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If if it's it's the little drummer boy, if that drummer boy were Barrymore Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> the medium sized drummer boy. Don't don't parry the the big drummer boy. That's right. <laughs> so taking the wheel back to uh, to the song at hand. Yes. So I in answer to your question, I like this song because it is a Christmas song which is which has got that note of bitterness and I like it. I agree. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think musically the darkness comes through. There's a darkness to it. There is a slow kind of mournfulness to it. But it's not too heavy and plodding. Right. But that helps to balance that that really kind of stark glimpse of reality of of the content of the lyrics that's right and there's some lovely musical contrasts yeah in there we have what you described right from the beginning that heavy drum beat with the big bass going yeah yeah the flute drums and bass yeah right and then pretty soon after that we have the mandolin coming in with its much more gentle lively bright sound Oh, that mando is so good. I I love I love how crisp that mandolin is. Very yes. very good. Yeah, they kept they keep it in the freezer when they're not playing it. Well, yeah, you're, you're supposed to. That you or at definitely. least if you can't do that, put it in the vegetable drawer. <laughs> That's right, or the basement, <laughs> or the base. Yeah. Uh, after that, we get the piano as well. Sure, we get piano. Uh, Andy on piano coming in, and then after that, kind of heavy rompy intro with kind of all of the instruments right at the get-go in comes in singing and this song fits his voice so well so well yeah, i it love does. It i does. love how he sings this song it's just it's just high enough that he's it's it's like a, a memory of how high he used to get but he's not forcing it it's not painful to listen to it would be interesting to go through and look at the keys in which each of the songs throughout the history are played to see if there is a trend oh. into a certain, you know, if, if the keys, if the standard keys change throughout the years, you know, I, I suspect that because we've seen, you know, we've seen that songs that used to be played in one key have been transposed into another key to make it easier for Ian to sing. Right. I wonder if at the time when he's now, you know, writing new stuff if he is consciously putting it in a different key that makes it more accessible for his voice where it's at as they are being written you're saying that exactly yeah, yes yeah 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 i mean i i would not be surprised at all and and honestly that that makes the most sense he yeah. he is a smart musician he he yeah he would play to his strengths and i mean honestly when you look at it we've got the Christmas album. Then we had a couple of solo albums, right? But between mm. between Christmas album and then the next one is Zealot, Zealot Gene. Gene. We heard Shoshana sleeping, and it sounded pretty good for his voice. Oh, it did, it did. But it definitely seemed tailored to his voice as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it has to be. It has, it has to, to be. be. Yeah, if, and it should be. If he's expecting to go out on tour to to play this album, to tour this album. There's right. no way he's going to 
pull a, gosh, was it A, where he 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 played it too high and had to sing high the whole time, right, and that's right, when right. he busted his voice. Yeah, I think he's learned from that. I definitely do. There's some other fun treats in this song. We have, toward the middle, we have a lot of playfulness. We have all these these kind of brief interludes. We have the shaker coming in for yeah, a, the a little prominent egg. moment. Yep, uh-huh. And I think maybe just before that, we have a quick little flute turn followed by a guitar turn. Yep, Martin Followed by rips. a little quick flute breakdown. That goes into the shaker. Uh, we have jingle bells in there too. A couple of jingle bells. We have bells. jingle bells, yep. yes. Uh, at one point, I think the organ or the synth is mimicking this very deep brass almost kind of bassoon sound which yeah. is really fun yeah we definitely get some keyboard horns in there and it's it's nice it's it's a fun little touch and it's it's got like it's to, in my mind it's definitively a keyboard horn like it's a synth horn yes but it, yes. it lends a certain i don't know like like cheesy nostalgia feel to me in in terms of of a christmas song you know yeah i don't hate it at all it, no it's not it's not terrible it's 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 cute we also have what sound more like real bells maybe they are synth bells but yeah, the bi- the big like tubular bells kind of thing yes, almost. Yeah, tubular bells. Yep. I believe that the song is mostly in five four time, which gives it that slightly disquieting mm. feeling to it. Okay, you never quite catch your breath. Right. There's always that kind of extra bump in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like riding a horse that has five legs. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's very popular with the ladies, but he's it's very difficult to, to, to ride on. Keep Catherine the Great away. That's apocryphal. It is. Yes. She definitely did not have five legs. And then there is a, a bit of a breakdown where Ian comes in with, I don't know, I guess you'd call it the third, second verse or, or after the chorus. It's not quite clear in terms of construction here, but there is a point where Ian comes in Acapella, completely acapella, singing three parts. Yes, there, there are three, three layered voices in there. Sounds pretty good. As holly breaks and ivy clings, your fate is none too clear. The Lord may find you wanting, let your good fortune disappear. Yeah, it's not typically. I mean, it's not a barbershop quartet. No, but no, it it never promised that it would be. No, we love it for what it is, and it's. It's nice. I mean, it's it's a step above traditional Ian harmonizing, but it's it's really nice. It's really nice. And it does kind of give that, maybe I'm just totally putting my interpretation on it, but it, it does kind of give me that feeling of the fates or the, the judgments oh, watching you. You know, it, it almost yeah. is like the, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. See, I saw it more as... Like a Greek chorus or or like a, a totally yeah a chorus 
the Greek chorus playing with the caroler chorus, you know, because they're not like perfectly harmonized. So it's like these people walking the streets, caroling, singing nice, but they're not professional. You know, they haven't been doing this for 30 years. No, they're Greek. They're Greek. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I see that. Yeah. I I love that. I, I love that interpretation. I think that's really fun. It's almost like the the ghosts are like all of our ancestors who had really really awful Christmases because it was like during World War Two <laughs> yeah, or they right. were dying of the plague and their Christmas was they got to think about God yeah. our, and we're like oh we didn't get the toy truck that we wanted yeah it sort of feels like all of them being like you should really get your priorities straight yeah figure it out yeah <laughs> and then at the very end we have a fun little trio of flute treats. Ian does quick riffs on God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, yep. We Three Kings, mm-hmm. and then at the end, little classic beret. Just a little lick of the beret at the very, very end as as they fade out. Yeah, and that's that's it musically. It rounds it out. It's a very, it's a pretty raucous tune. I love the instrumentation. Again, like last week we said, the mixing is so crisp and clear. You can hear pretty much everything. Yeah. Jonathan Noyce was really the only one that didn't stick out to me. The bass wasn't wasn't super prominent, not like we heard in in the the previous tracks. But there is a lot going on in this song. I remember an interview with him, which I think it was Noyce who, and it was it was from some tour. It was from a DVD that we bought at a concert, so it was definitely in this period. And Noyce describes himself as being a stealth bassist. Oh, yeah. I remember you, you saying remember that? that. I remember. I think you you told this before, but I don't remember. And maybe it was the last Christmas song because that's the last time we heard Jonathan Noyce. It could it could well be. I could. I mean, I, I only, as you know, I only have three stories and four <laughs> anecdotes. That's and true. I just repeat them. But maybe it was in response to our endless gushing over John Glascock and then... And then just the comparison of, of, of yeah, his type be. of bass playing. But yeah, but he, I mean, he was pretty, pretty prominent in the previous ones. But yeah, he does does kind of sit in the back on this one. Yeah, well, and it's and the mix is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really fun. It is it, it does have it has overall a very dark tone to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit ominous, especially with the way the tune is constructed. It starts out in that minor and then switches to the major at the very end. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then whips you back to the minor. Nick, shall we talk about lyrics? Let's talk about Jack Frost first, or maybe Absolutely. a hooded crow. Why don't we start with Jack Frost? Okay. Since that comes first in the title. Nick, what is Jack Frost? Jack Frost is a TV special from 1979. Oh. It's oh, a Rankin God. Bass animation. <laughs> I regret. It is narrated by a groundhog named Pardon Me Pete. It had Buddy Hackett in it. Uh huh. It's uh yeah. It's one of those classic Christmas movies. Yeah. Sure. No, I'm sorry. Sure. I'm sorry. Let me let me fix that. Uh, Jack Frost is a 1997 film. Um, oh it's no, a comedy please, slasher. Please no more. No more. That You're was bleeding no, out okay. my ears. Okay. Um, Jack Frost is a 1998 film featuring Michael Keaton. Uh, it's a fantasy comedy film. He played the title character, a father and is a musician that got killed in a car accident right. only to be brought back to life when his son played his magical harmonica. I hate everything about my life right now. 
we could go slightly further back. To <laughs> Three the... of Frank Zappa's four children appear in the film. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. Dweezil, Ahmet, and Moon Unit. He named a kid Moon Unit? Yeah, you didn't know that? I'm super jealous. Dweezil and Moon Unit and Ahmet. Yeah. Jack Frost is a personification of frost and ice and snow. (laughs) Sleet winter, freezing cold. He's a variant uh, on old man winter, basically. Yeah. And, And there are analogous folk creations or legends or figures throughout the world. Yeah. He's he's essentially the winter version of Jack and the Green. Yeah, that's a good, that what an amazing way to think of it. Yeah. If Jack and the Green is in charge of each little leaf that sprouts, Jack Frost is in charge of each little icicle that forms and each patterning of fractal freezings which appear on your windscreen. And each little snowflake and each little snowflake, including me. And at various points, he's he's had a more mythological, you know, or or a more epic, or then at later times, a more mischievous personality. Yes. Yeah. Now, what about a hooded crow? What is a hooded crow? Hooded crow is Corus cornix, is also called a hoodie, called a scotch crow, a mist crow, a dolmen crow, Depending on your location in Europe, they are a Eurasian bird species. They're, they're corvids, so they're super smart. They are white body with a black head and black wings. They look like a white bird kind of got dipped in some ink. They look, they look yeah. very cool. And it looks like their range is, is all over mm, kind of the eastern part of Europe and then the very northern parts of England and Scotland. Yeah. They are genetically very similar to the carrion crow, but but definitively different. Right. And like the carrion crow, it is a scavenger, which I think is relevant to this song. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a bird that Ian would be seeing, would be familiar with. It's a bird that sticks out in the environment. It, it will blend in with its white body, but you'll see those splotches of black. Like a little head bobbing yep. around, right? So it is It is slightly iconic in, in that regard that it is, especially if it's in terms of its migratory patterns, if you're seeing it during that snow time, it, it could be something of of a, a, a holiday bird. Like for us, we, we have all sorts of birds upstate New York in the winter, but the ones that I can think of that stick out the most are literally the ones that stick out the most. The cardinal with that bright flash of red, the blue jay with the flash of blue on that, that field of, of white. It also seems that in the winter, the distribution of the hooded crow tends southerly. So it is a visitor to southern England in the winter. Mm, okay. So it could potentially be a bird that depending on where you lived in England, you might see only during the winter. Yeah. And therefore associate with it. Oh, I got something for you. In Celtic folklore, the bird appears on the shoulder of a dying Kukulain. Mm-hmm. We plastic Kulins for you. Yeah. So, so, there's a little bit about the figures in the song. Shall we dive into the lyrics? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Overall, I want to go back to the Greek chorus. Overall, this feels like there. This is one of those instances where Ian is is pulled back and has that kind of omniscient narrator feel, and it may be one of those ghosts of Christmas, etc. To have that knowledge, to, to to have that greater knowledge, to to impart a lesson. I love that interpretation, and I don't think it's wrong. But? But I think that the text supports a slightly different interpretation. Okay. Through long December nights we talk in words of rain or snow, while you, through chattering teeth, reply and curse us as you go. Why not spare a thought this day for those who have no flame to warn their bones at Christmas time? Say, Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. Through long December nights we talk in words of rain or snow. While you through chattering teeth reply and curse us as you go. Why not spare a thoughtless day for those who have no flame to warm their bones at Christmas time? Say Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. I believe that he is speaking in the voice of Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow because oh. the first line is through long December nights we talk. Yeah, right. Well, you, the listener, are cold and say, bugger off, Jack Frost. Right. And Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow would not be cold. No, because one of them literally is the cold and the other one is a bird with feathers. I'm sure they are cold, but you you don't think of it. Cold hearted. Yeah. In that anthropomorphization of animals, you know. Right, right, right. Okay. So this is more of a... Not a fable per se, but uh, maybe a parable kind of thing. Something like that. I yeah. think it's a personification of winter. Yeah. Speaking to us as we're passing through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Running on our way to dip into the closest Starbucks to get our hands around a warm pumpkin spice latte. Well, it'd be a peppermint mocha. A peppermint mocha is what I meant. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bad white girl. You are. I've been telling you that for years. And you keep asking me to punish you, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, and we we get into we get into references of winter's really hitting because the last broad oak leaf has fallen. We yeah. beg, consider this. There's some who have no coin to save for turkey, wine, or gifts. No children's laughter around the fire. No family left to know. So lend a warm and helping hand. Say Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. Now as the last broad oak leaf falls, we beg, consider this. There's some who have no kindness, save for turkey, wine, or gifts. And no children's laughed around the fire, no family left to know. So lend a warm and a helping hand. Say Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. It's so fascinating to me that Ian has made these personages, these characters, the guardians of the moral approach to Christmas. Yeah, it's it is really fascinating. You know, why is it them? Because Santa is trite mm-hmm. and commercial. Right. And who else would personify it in a spiritual manner? Who else would you have personify it? Well, it could be. I mean, there's so many saints. You could have the Virgin Mary. You could have Jesus himself coming down and being like, hey, this isn't all about my birthday party. But would Ian would Ian play that way? 
No. And that's what makes this so brilliant <laughs> is that this is connected to his whole, you know, he's he's returned in a way to the roots that were germinated in Songs from the Wood. Yeah. You know, it really is. A, a, I think your comparison to Jack and the Green is absolutely accurate, that this is the natural world saying, you know, all spirituality aside, remember that as warm as you might be or as mildly inconvenienced by us as you are, there are others who are dying in the streets. Yeah. And I wonder if there is even something related. So, you know, with the hooded crow being a carrion bird, is it almost like, hey, the pickings for me out here are awful lean because the poor people who live in the streets don't even have any turkey. So if you give them turkey, I'll be able to pick the bones. You know, wait, the, pick the crow. Pick the bones of like the discarded turkey carcass or pick the bones of the people who ate just enough to have meat on their bones and then died of being frozen. <laughs> you know, either way. <laughs> but you traditionally in a lot of mythologies, the the crow is a trickster spirit. Yeah, so its motives yeah. are not necessarily completely altru- altruistic. It's true. And and Jack Frost is also a bit of a trickster portrayed as a, a pixie character. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. But it, it does seem that they're they are approaching from a, a, a certain certain removal and a certain moral yeah. high ground there. Yeah, but also <laughs> Maybe in the same way that gangsters do. (laughs) The song to me almost is seeming like a bit of a shakedown. If we look at the line, As holly pricks and ivy clings, your fate is none too clear. The Lord may find you wanting, let your good fortune disappear. As holly pricks and ivy clings, your fate is none too clear. The Lord may find you wanting, let your good fortune disappear. So it's almost saying like, Hey, nice festive holiday season you got here with your family and your security. It would be a shame if something was to happen to all of that. Hey, got all this Christmas cheer fell off the back of a truck. You want some? <laughs> to, to finish that, all homely comforts blown away and all that's left to show is to share your joy at Christmas time with Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. All homely comforts blown away and all that's left to show is to share your joy at Christmas time with Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow. So regardless of what you have, if you share your your Christmas joy, your your spirit, your your yeah. your, your good heart, whatever, if you're sharing that, that is the truest possession. Right. And if you if you do share that, that that might be the difference between the person who does actually hold your fate continuing to favor you or not. Right. Yeah. 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 I think, I think you might be right. I think it goes back to, gosh, it must've been a passion play Mm. where we were talking about you, your soul is weighed. What is it? Your soul is against all the good deeds you ever did. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what this kind of feels like to me. There's also, you know, the the perspective of Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow have seen everything. They are kind of, I don't want to say immortal, but they are timeless in a way, right? Yeah. They are entities which have seen this cycle thousands of times. And so they know, 
oh yeah, you have all this comfort and fortune and, and home and warmth. That's temporary. That can be taken away at, at a moment's notice. Right. So you don't really have it. But what you what can't be taken away is your joyfulness. Right. Yeah. So so stop relying on the on the material for your happiness. Make your own happiness, and then you'll be and then and then share it. Then you then you'll never not be happy. Right. And exactly. Then, and then share and share that warmth with others. Yeah. Right. If you've got it, if you've got material wealth, lend a helping hand and share it. If you don't have material wealth, which you may not in the next couple, you know, that may change tomorrow. Who knows, right? You you can share your joy. Right. Yeah. If you haven't got a penny, a, a half penny, penny will, do. will do. If you haven't you got haven't a halfpenny, a halfpenny, then God then get back to the back you. of the restaurant and start washing <laughs> dishes, you broke. You broke ass scum. This ain't a charity. What? It's Paradise Steakhouse. <laughs> More like the Purgatory Steakhouse. Oh. Hey. Washing dishes. I, I Just as I finish the last dish, a new load comes in. You want some Inferno fries? <laughs> oh, there's a Pope in there. How did that get in there? Somebody put out a cigarette butt in there. Hope you enjoy ash. <laughs> <laughs> Nick McGill. Goodness me. Oh, man. If this song were a Christmas cookie, what kind of Christmas cookie would it be? Because there are all sorts of Christmas cookies. My aunt used to make, for every Christmas holiday at my grandmother's, my aunt used to make a platter just like bigger than I was with, Mm. had to have been at least a dozen different types of cookies. A dozen, a dozen, dozen. A dozen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was not like one of each. It was like bunches. None of them were good, but there were a lot of them. So what kind would this be? This would be a gingerbread style cookie, perhaps with some delicious icing. Okay. That you find mysteriously in your pocket (laughs) when you are traveling, trying to get home for Christmas, and you get stranded in the airport. And are spending Christmas Eve alone in some kind of awful international airport. And suddenly there's this really good cookie that you just happen to find. And you're not sure how it arrived. Do you eat it? Uh, Yeah. You would eat the mystery cookie? Well, I mean, yeah, if it was like a whole cookie and it was wrapped up, yeah, I'd eat it. I wouldn't eat half a cookie that I found on the floor. Okay, as long as that's clear. Yeah. No, I draw the line somewhere. It's the okay. floor usually. <laughs> it's right above the floor. <laughs> it's okay. He's the three inch rule. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. I like it. What is the most how can I even phrase this? What is the most like pathetically delightful holiday moment that you've experienced? The sort of thing that like genuinely warmed your heart and was not like what 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 would you say have you ever experienced the true spirit of christmas so i've got two partial answers that i hope will will fulfill as a full answer for you yeah i'll take parts so i'm going to break your stories down to scrap <laughs> you get less if it's in pieces but uh, i'll 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 cut you a deal okay so when 
Back when when I was younger and would go spend time with my grandmother, there was a time when I think it was only once or twice that we went to midnight mass mm. at my grandmother's church in Oneida, and it is this massive gothic just absolutely stunning cathedral and there are practically no lights on thousands of candles and yeah massive fire hazard aside from the mass part being boring the the music was gorgeous there's a great big yeah. uh, great big organ and that was one of the one of the fondest memories i have of being in a church is is just just how atmospheric it was and it was really sure. like i it was the closest i got to 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 understanding the connection to to a church in in mm. in that moment i think in in mm. those experiences cuz i get it i get it a, a great big stone building that is is really impressive and and the literal definition of awesome, you know, like yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I get I get how people can be swayed. Come for the candles, stay for the guilt. <laughs> stay for the crackers and the guilt. The other is when I used to drive around Syracuse for my job mm-hmm. in my truck, you would see plenty and, and we would, I mean, the way to get from the shop to all of the different jobs that we would go to, you mean, you'd be on the major highways and sure. on nearly all the corners, the exits of all of the major holo- mm. major highways, you would see people with signs. Yes. Panhandling. So, no. Panhandling isn't panhandling specifically. Is that just begging? Yeah. Panhand- oh, I thought panhandling was like selling shit. Oh, no, no, no. Panhandling because okay. you hold the pan by the handle and you ask oh. for coins to be put into it. Yeah. Okay. So they were... They were asking for money. They, they were, were asking they for were help. asking for money. And um, it got... To a point where where Ray and I decided we made we made bags. We got vinyl bags. We filled them with socks, t-shirts, some money, like resources for uh, wow. to go to in Syracuse. Bottles of water, toiletries, some some like protein bars and stuff. And I I had like eight altogether. We put together eight of them, and and every time I would hand one out of my window, they 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 expect. Like a couple of bucks, sure. you know, but every time I would hand that, like just the, just the shock and surprise and gratitude that, that I would see was just, they say that true charity, there's no true charity that can be altruistic because it feels good to do that. It feels good <laughs> to be charitable, but like just knowing that I could, I could do that for someone even even in the briefest of moments, I know that the money's not going to last. I know that the the bottles of water aren't going to last. But like it's that is I get that I see that there. But for the grace of God, go I. So have this this kind of go bag, please. Well, and I think that that I think that really what you were offering them was a, a recognition of their humanity. I think that that's what that's why the holidays are so tough on people often because. Being down and out is hard enough, just just from a practical level. But then there's yeah. the de- there's the factor where it's dehumanizing, and when the rest of the world seems to be all loving each other and expressing how much they value each other, I imagine that those feelings can be even more greatly intensified. And so, an act like that is really awesome. I I am totally not going to tell the story anymore about how I got very drunk in England on Christmas Eve and stole a, a, a traffic cone. <laughs> Is that the is, is that your true Christmas story? <laughs> <laughs> that's 
<laughs> yes, well, I'll save that for next year when you when you don't show me up with your heartfelt <laughs> charity. Well, next week we have another Christmas song, so you can oh. you can save it for then. There we go. We've got the last Christmas song of the season and the last track of the year. Very appropriate. It is Last Man at the Party. Yeah, there we are. The last podcast at the party. <laughs> well, until next week. If you are feeling moved by the Christmas spirit, you can give us something that acknowledges our humanity, and that is a positive review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling like you want to behave in a way which is not at all altruistic and will only benefit you, you can subscribe to our Patreon, which will... (laughs) Get you all of the selfish treats that you secretly want, like, Nick, what? Two additional podcasts, Outtake Tull to Me and Talk Tull With Me. Yeah, you glutton. Access to our Discord. You greedy weirdo. Eventually, one day, I'm sure we'll do another live listening party. Yeah. Maybe we'll time it for the release of Zealot Gene. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. That'd be really fun. I doubt we'll be able to manage that because we can't stop all of our listeners from listening to that album until we can make the time. We can all listen to it together, even if it's not the first time. That's valid. That's true. It's still special, Nick, even if it's not the first time. I mean, that's what I've been told many times, but... That's right. I, I don't even know what that means. Until next week... Dear sweet listeners, I am the crow with the little knit hat on, Nick McGill. I am the ivy clinging desperately to your walls, hoping that January never comes, Omen said. We are the holly pricks, the feckless moans. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the last broad oak leaf desperately hanging onto the tree. Talk tall to me. If you wish, this is just a Christmas song. Oh, oh, here he comes. Here he comes down the street. Here, looking fine. Oh, oh, yeah, you're chilling him, Jack. You're chilling him. Oh, yeah, get get right under the neck. Get under the scarf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pull up oh. that Burberry scarf. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's that stuff that comes off the goats, isn't it? Off the goat belly. Angora. He's gonna need, isn't Angora a bunny? I, I don't know anything. I'm just a crow. <laughs> Boy, in 10 years, he's gonna sell that scarf and he's gonna have to pay for all of the dental work. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Crow, look at that one. Look at yeah. that one. Those heels are very expensive. Click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. You know, you know what I see in the future? In about three minutes, she's going to step into what she thinks is a very small puddle, but actually it's going to be about six inches deep. She's going to ruin him. Ruin him.
killed him. <laughs> yeah. She'll take her God's name in vain. She sure will. She sure will. Oh, look at the little pretty pony princess. Oh, yeah, she's going to get exactly what she wants for Christmas. Except her father's love. <laughs> ah, oh, it's a terrible time for everybody. She's going to need years of therapy. Years. Oh, look at that urchin family. Oh, they, my God. They've got nothing to their name but a single match. That's, I hope they don't drop it or something. That'd be terrible. Hey, wait, J Jack. What? What is it, Crow? If they don't have any Christmas dinner, what am I going to eat for Christmas after dinner? Well, I'd say in about a, about a week that, that little one's going to gonna be perfectly ripe for you. Oh, human veal. Crow, do, do you think that that family is the happiest family because they have each other? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you were saying. I had my head in a Starbucks jar. I had my head in a Starbucks bag. I got a lemon pound crumb. Oh, mm, oh, so tasty. What were you saying? I was asking if they, those poor people were the happier ones because they, they only have each other and that's their happiness. That's their gift to one another as opposed to those really rich people with designer handbags and very fancy cars. That's pretty dark, man. Have you been hitting the sauce again? That's what I'm here for. I keep things real, Crow. You know, Jack, I don't know about that. I don't know who's happy. I don't know who's sad. I don't know what a designer handbag is. I don't know what a car is, except they're those things that I have to attack all the time because it looks like one of me sometimes. If I look at the wheel, it's too much chrome on it. But I tell you what I do know. Jack, listen to this. Crow, what is it? What do you know? Sorry, I had another crumb from the Starbucks bag. I know that no matter what happens tonight, who gets presents, who doesn't get presents, who who's... Who's gonna have this be the last Christmas on Earth? There's one thing that remains constant, and that is the talk tell to me is a proud member of the feckless moms. Oh my god, a crumb! It's a crumb festival over here! Get this trash can with me! Woo! Oh, is that french fries? 